This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. So good to see you again. I've been thinking about hats. <laughs> it's partly because it's been raining uh, for so long. Whatever the weather was doing, it didn't seem to matter too much. I didn't need a hat. But uh, yesterday was a wet, 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 wet day uh, here in in South Wales. So yesterday was a, a definite day for hats, given how much rain we had here in Wales. So I was thinking about hats and, and how... I've got hats that I wear for different things. These are metaphorical hats, and it can be a hat like a husband or a son or a brother or those kind of things, metaphorical hats, the responsibility hats, the roles that we play, roles that we take responsibility for. And as I was thinking about having to wear a hat for the weather, I was musing on my metaphorical hats and sometimes it's a hat that tells you who you are, or probably more particularly tells you what you are. It's kind of like a badge. If you're a policeman or a work in the fire brigade or a soldier, there are different hats that you wear, physical hats, but also metaphorical hats. And it very clearly relates to that role. It doesn't tell you what to do, and it doesn't tell you how to do what you're doing. So these hats can do two things. They can give you status, they can give you a boost of the ego, and we're not talking about those kind of hats, not really interested in those kind of hats, but it can give you some boundaries. It can give you a position that says, this is what I'm taking responsibility for now, at this time, because that's the hat I'm wearing at this time. Uh, we all we all juggle hats, don't we? We all try different hats on at different times. And sometimes we try a sports hat on, and it's not really us. Or we try an artist's hat, and we struggle with that one maybe, because we're not very proficient. We might try on the hat of being better. That's one that I like to wear a lot of the time, the being better hat, <laughs> the I could do better. I must try harder at all those kind of things, the shoulds and the ought tos. And... But no, I, I really do want to be better. I want to be better at looking after my alpacas. I want to be better at understanding them. I want to be better at being who I am, but also be better at becoming who I want to be. So sometimes wearing a hat helps with that, and sometimes it doesn't. So that's the metaphorical hats. But what about the physical hats? Well, I've got two hats, actually, that I wear. Uh, depending on what weather's doing, I've got a really much better in the heavy rain hat, which has got more of a brim, and I've got a, a flat cap. I look, I look the part. I've had this for a while, but it, I look the part. I look like a farmer or something. And uh, that's that's a different kind of hat. That just keeps the rain off a bit, keeps my head warm a bit. Uh, 
and it makes the alpacas go, oh, oh, what's that on your head? The other one they seem to be used to. Anyway, we, we wear them at different times for the different conditions. And that's what happens with hats. We wear them for a reason. It may be the way we look. It may be the status it conveys to us, or it may be very, very practical. So let's work on wearing hats that are practical, both the metaphorical and physical versions. So I've got a Tilly hat that I wear. That's the one that keeps the rain off most. It's got a brim. It's good for the sun as well. It's looking a bit lived in, I must confess. It needs a bit of a wash. And there's a little pouch, little flap with a bit of Velcro. And you can put something in there. There's a little plastic bag they give you. It arrives with the hat. And you can put some cash in there or something. Something as a surprise, secret, <laughs> as a just-in-case. And I discovered the last time I looked at that, I haven't looked for a while, I must look again. The last time I looked in there, I had something, I think it was a £5 note, and back when £5 notes were much more valuable, I think. And it's now no longer legal tender. It shows how long ago it was that I actually put it in there. So yeah, you've got to kind of keep this up to date. But it's a great hat. Do have a look, Tilly. And yeah, so that's my, my musings on hats, which I've had to wear because the weather's been shifting. And it was rainy during the day yesterday, a lot of heavy rain. And you know, I've been muttering about the lake have not having enough water in it. Not, It's kind of not completely gone away, but it's been way down. And that's how come the uh, the silt and the mud was available for Millie to get herself stuck. And that's a few episodes back. Go check that one out if you missed it. So the rain came down and the water came up. And uh, we had some white water coming through the stones just by the bridge that bit where the, the ford is. And the, the levels just came up and up. So now we've got a full lake. So it was almost full by the time close of play yesterday, but it's definitely by this morning, it's definitely full. And we're doing well for the levels of water, which is great. So that's happening. And it's a seasonal thing. We've been through the dry bit. We've now gone into the wet bit. And it's definitely autumn. The colours are shifting in the trees. The bracken is going brown and falling over. It's no longer sitting so erect on the hillside. The alpacas are flattening it. The boys up there are flattening it and creating wider paths, ever wider paths. It was they used to kind of squeeze through this bright green stuff. And now it's a broader path. You can see where they've been, where the, where the, where the desire line is for the, the way they want to come up and down the hills. And this morning too, we had some visitors that we haven't seen for a while. So we had a pair of Canada geese. So here's the recording I made outside. <laughs> and I'll try to avoid the bits where it was windy, windy, because it's the other thing we're getting is the autumn winds. Here, here are the geese anyway. So all through the summer, we've been having the water low and getting lower. And then yesterday we had some rain. First bit of serious rain we've had, well, feels like for months. Uh, but the lake's now full. Uh, so mostly yesterday, but then overnight it's just finished topping up. And so this morning we got a pair of geese that have come back, Canada geese. And we're talking in the background. The, 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 uh, the ducks and the, 
the mohens and the little grebes that I can just see beetling around over there on the water. They're obviously enjoying having more water, I think. It's all very muddy at the moment. So proper autumn weather. It's been a bit um, confusing, to say the least, coming and going, but it's been gradually getting colder. The nights are getting uh, darker earlier, so we're losing some of the light late afternoon, but well, not late afternoon yet, it's sort of early, early evening. And uh, yeah, so there's a bit of wind around from the south now at the moment, so that's slightly better, but it's bringing in all this wet weather. So the, uh, the girls have been fed this. Some of the slower ones, the older ones, I'm just giving some extra food away from. I've left the gate closed so that they don't get disturbed because they get edged out by a, whole, a horde of hungry gannets. No, no, they're actually alpacas, but they, they'll kind of crowd in. So that was the geese and a bit of an outdoor catch-up. Nice to, to see them. I'm not sure that they're going to be around for very long. They're just visiting. They'll be back in the spring properly. Uh, but it was nice to hear their voices again. I thought I heard them this morning as they were coming into land and and just dis discounted it because a few times we've heard them flying over the valley, a uh, little formation of them, not migrating, just moving around. But uh, today we had two that came back to stay and cruise around on the water, which there's plenty of. So that's good. So, yeah, because it was so wet and then open sky with a lot of stars last night and therefore cold, could be cold overnight, but the, the little ones particularly were damp, they were wet. So I wanted to make sure that we could put as many coats on as we could. We haven't quite got coats for everybody, but there are some that need coats more than others. So that was that was my plan, to actually get the coats on the, the ones that are most in need. So we did that. And of course, then this morning, it's today's going to be a sunny day, which it is. And then we have to take the coats off again. So we had to work out what I was going to do to achieve that. They'd all gone in to the stable. So putting them on wasn't too bad because I could close the, the gates, but also then close in the shutter. So most of them were actually physically inside the big stable. So I could just work my way around and, and catch up the, the little ones and put the coats on. Mostly the mums were okay with that. And I also managed to feed a bit more to Wenner, little littlest one, the youngest one, uh, just giving her a top up with the, the milk. And every now and again, I keep disturbing her and her mum. She's going under and getting milk from her mum, which is great to see. And to, oh, that's such a relief. So I think we'll carry on with the topping up for now. But she's doing well. And that's what we want to continue. So that's that's good to see. And yeah, this, this thing then was, how do you get these coats off in the morning? And particularly, I, they were in, I saw them. They were down in the stable. They were so had breakfast and then went out and they're not there. <laughs> They've gone. They wandered off. Now the sun was kind of shining on the bank down the far end next to the bridge at the far end of the lake. And I think they were probably just wanting to be in the sun a bit, but they were at the other end of the valley from where I needed them to be. So there were two that was, we're, we're, well, we've stayed here. We're, we're So they got a little bit of a treat. They got a bit of extra breakfast first thing. And then I started cleaning up and called the girls and they came from the far end. And that was good, but the the older ones are a bit slower coming, so I had to kind of delay feeding. So here we go. My strategy is to take off the coats when the weather allows, when the weather is good during the day. And if it's going to be cold at night, the strategy is to give them that bit of extra protection for the ones that seem to need it, particularly if they're wet 
or if I know it's going to rain overnight. So that's the strategy. But what's the tactics? They, well, they vary depending on the animal and they also vary depending on what's going on. So you've got to be, you've got to take advantage of things and you've got to be spontaneous in a sense, ready to take those opportunities that arise to, to take hold of the ones that need the coats off or on. Uh, so I managed to to work around and it's easier to take one at a time rather than trying to hold a coat and grab another one and take a coat off. And um, So I was doing them one at a time and I worked my way around, but they, they're going to get wise. I'm not sure I'm going to get away with what I got away with today when it comes to tomorrow because I'm going to need to put coats on again tonight and then coats off again tomorrow morning. So that's going to be an interesting thing because they do learn and they do remember and they do avoid being in the same situation they were last time. So we shall aim for not just the strategy, but the tactics that work. So that's going to be tomorrow's challenge. But today, yeah, so the tactics I used, uh, taking advantage of opportunities, working with them in a larger group, and being able to capture the ones that have got the coats on. It's easier when you're taking coats off because you can see which ones have still got coats on. If you're going to try and capture the right one to put the right coat on, then uh, it takes a little bit longer. So I need to allow myself a little bit more time. So the strategy is the big picture thing. The strategy is the overall aim. And then the tactics are going to vary. So that's just a, a, something I'm trying to get clear in my own thinking, as it were, what I need, a variety of tactics, but I need the big picture of to protect the ones that are vulnerable. And I'm looking at some of the older ones coming in and, and, and sort of feeding them. I made sure they, they came late and they had been shut out because I had to shut in the ones I was dealing with. So the older ones didn't get any food. So I then gave them extra food or specific food for them and left the gate closed. So it was protected space, protected time, and they had access to enough food rather than get hurried, as they usually do, by the uh, the others. <laughs> well, they're just being alpacas. They're not being super greedy, but they do tend to squeeze out the older ones. It's okay when you first put all the food out, but as it gets eaten up, they do seem to squeeze out the ones that are less able. So just need to keep an eye on those things. Make sure everyone's getting their share and putting in. So the strategy is to make sure everyone gets their share. And the tactic would be to separate off those that need extra food, to slip them. Oh, how do you slip them some extra food without the others getting it? Hmm. <laughs> That's the problem that you need to work on. And I'm certainly carrying on working on and coming up with new tactics for that. But you could put them in a separate stable, get a bit stressed, could put them in a separate catch pen. Again, get, can get a bit stressed if the whole group gets used to it. They, they will allow you to, to do those things. So with all the rain and the, the weather shift, seasonal weather, oh, it's good, good to have seasonal weather, isn't it? And the sense of things winding down, but also a sense of things winding up. So the the winding down thing is the, the the phase of being fruitful. The grass is still green, but there's a lot of dead grass there as well. The taller stuff and the the bracken is dying back. The other vegetation, the brambles seem to go on well for quite some time yet, but they need to be cut back where appropriate. And then the vegetation as it dies back starts to expose fences so you can get back to, <laughs> to actually get to them and do the necessary repairs, replace posts, and reconnect bits and pieces that need reconnecting to make a strong fence to keep them in or out or 
wherever it is. And so that winding up is the, the shift of the kind of work that we're doing in terms of maintenance and clearing of stuff ready. I mean, most things now you can do a cut and it, it'll last going into October. It'll usually last through until into the winter, until the early spring. So it's a, a winding up of those kind of things. So, yeah. So spending time with them, I keep encouraging you to go spend some time with the alpaca. It's, it's well worth doing if you've got the opportunity, particularly if you've got your own alpacas, then go spend some time with them and just slow down a bit and watch what's happening. Watch what happens next. And then what happens after that? So you're looking to what it is that you notice. What are the sounds? What are the movements? Who's making the drift happen? You will find that you learn a lot just from watching. And paying attention, it's not just watching, because that can be passive, but it's paying attention. Is anybody limping? Are they all eating grass or are some sat down when the others are standing? Do they all settle and chew the cud? Those are all indicators of other things, but they're just good things for you to be aware of and to notice and be attentive to. It's good practice just being attentive. And you can do that and transfer that into other parts of your life as well. So learn with the alpacas and then transfer it into spending time with other people. And yeah, just being around, being present. So if you can, go spend some time with an alpaca. Thanks for being here with us on the podcast. And if you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email to steve at alpacatribe.com. Take care and see you again soon. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.